1: Let's talk about the lessons about. Let's hang out and let's listen to two lesbians shout. Let's hang out.
2: Let's hang out. Welcome to Les Hangout, a queer podcast hosted by lesbians from coast to coast. I'm your Boston lesbian, Ellie Brigida.
1: and I'm your Bay Area lesbian, Lee Holmes Foster.
2: And let's get started with episode two. This is a fan's world.
1: Because as we're starting to see more queer representation and there's more and more fan communities popping up, and frequently those communities, they're guided by the sites and the recappers who help us digest and enjoy those stories. (laughs) And we are so excited to be joined by one of those recappers today.
2: All right, we are here with Valerie Ann, and we're so excited to have her on. She's our first ever podcast guest, so excited, Uh, and she's a TV writer at Autostraddle, and she does recaps of shows with queer characters, including one of our favorites, Winona Earp. Yay. Yay. Yay, thank you so much for coming, Valerie. We're so excited to have you.
3: Thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here.
1: So what we wanted to start out with, I think before we get really get into, you know, what queer fandoms are and all of that is uh, to learn a little bit more about you for anyone who doesn't know you. Um, so tell us a little bit more about you and especially how you got into this and how you became such a voice for queer fandoms. Uh,
3: I do want to thank you for saying that because uh, it's funny to me to hear to be called something like the voice of queer fandom or a voice of queer fandom because for so long I was just part of queer fandom um uh so it, it feels really cool to have this kind of platform to talk to more people at the same time like that's all it feels like to me is that I just can reach more people at once so I just get to have more fun I don't know it's like it's really awesome <laughs> um but it all it all started with me just being part just being on Twitter and being part of um Heather Hogan used to do Pretty Little Liars recaps over on After Ellen and she created mm-hmm. this around Van Pellen community and just being part <laughs> of that was so much fun and Uh, It was it really, really enhanced the enjoyment of the show for me. So um, as that went on, I started doing my own glee recaps on my own blog because I was like, I want I want to do this too. Like this seems like something I'd really enjoy, Uh, and I did love it. And so I eventually reached out to Heather and was like, How do I do this for real on a website people actually go to? Um, And she helped me out. She like I sent her some writing samples and um, we worked it out. So then we worked together over Doctor Ellen and then. Now we work together at Autostraddle, and it's really awesome, and I get to write about all of my favorite shows. And talk to fandom about
1: it. I love the Boo Radley Van Cullen shout out because that was t- totally like my first introduction I think to a lot of these fandoms too and that got the Heather's recaps were like such a distinct part of our watching of that show like we literally used to watch the episodes and then as soon as the recaps came up like my wife and I like the next night we would sit down and I would read them out <laughs> loud to her and we would just die laughing over the whole thing so I mean I think, I think that's such a great example too of this specific community not just fandoms in general but like queer fandoms um you know can you tell us a little bit about why you think that that is such a thing like why are queer fandoms specifically like such a strong community and why are we drawn to them so much um
3: i think that through reality was the perfect peak example of of this happening um and kind of the start of this trend because it, it happened around the same time Uh, TV shows started to catch on to the fact that Twitter was where people were talking about the shows while they watched them. So TV shows were using their own official hashtags to try to really get a hold of that and have kind of direct people to talk about it more specifically. Um, But so these fandoms were all online, but they were so big, and you didn't always know how to find people that were watching for the same reasons you were watching for or connecting with the same stories you were. But so these uh, special hashtags just for us queer fans. Uh, became this way for us to find each other to be like, oh, like, these people see the same things that I'm seeing, these people are excited about the same things that I'm excited about. Um, and it was a really easy and fun way to find a community online. But I think also what's pretty cool about that is it's easy for people to find these fandoms ph- online, these communities, where it's not as easy to do that in your life. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, you talked a lot about Twitter. I think we all live in this twitter verse of fandoms right <laughs> so we have twitter and then all, the rest of social media how do you think that social media has really changed the landscape of fandoms
3: I, I think it's it's helped people find each other i think it's just really easy for people to know where to go to to know what they're looking for like twitter is usually where people go to talk about the show to live tweet the show to create their own hashtags and tumblr is where you go if you want really cool fan art or gifts or or anything like that there are You know that there's a fan fiction for anything you want to read. Uh, (laughs) So I think that it's it's really helped people connect to each other, which is helping them connect to the show in more fun ways, I think. Um, I mean, like we were talking about throughout Lee Van Cullen and Heather's recaps being such a part of that experience. There are some things that I legitimately can't remember if they actually happened or if they (laughs) happened like in the throughout Lee Van Cullen fandom.
1: I think most of them were in Boo Radley Van Cullen because by the end the recaps were better than the show. Yeah. Yeah, exactly.
3: (laughs) So I'm
2: not as plugged in on Twitter as Lee is. Can you guys explain to me what Boo Radley Van Cullen (laughs) is? How does one I feel like a horrible lesbian right now?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm gonna let you start, Valerie, and and if I have anything to add, I'll take it away. Are you
3: familiar with the concept of like queer specific hashtags on Twitter? Or so, is your question what is that, or is it more what exactly does the, do the words do Radley Van Cullen mean?
2: What do those words mean? <laughs>
3: okay, okay. So, this is what she's to um, Heather Hogan, at the very beginning of her recaps, was kept capitalizing on the To Kill a Mockingbird reference that were very heavy handed throughout the whole first season for The Liars. And she was kept calling. Um, toby bradley because he was just like lurking around and moping everywhere um and but saying that he looked like a vampire so would call him bradley van cullen after the twilight vampires and so when she decided she wanted to make up this hashtag to help people find each other she chose bradley van cullen not realizing how annoying it would be to live tweet with a 17 character hashtag on a 140 <laughs> character at a time platform <laughs> so difficult <laughs> I think it made us all better. Yeah, get writings. very creative. Yeah, <laughs> we I mean, all smarter because of it. I think it worked out okay. Yeah. But it's funny to hear her talk about it now I'd
1: be like, why did I choose such a long hashtag? <laughs> Can you Let's talk a little bit about uh, ships, because I think it's real hard to get into queer fandoms without talking about queer ships. So let's talk a little bit about why... Why do we get so invested in seeing queer characters? Why are we so invested in the ships that exist in these shows? I think
3: a big part of it is that we spent... Anyone who was watching... From whenever you started watching TV until you saw your first queer character on TV, you saw hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of characters you didn't relate to or relationships that didn't look like anything you wanted or things that that didn't quite click for you until finally you do. And it feels so special and it feels so important when you finally see it uh, and I think that that we really latch on to that because it's it's the first time we feel seen on tv after seeing so much of like just straight relationships on tv and straight characters and it's it's just like a it's like breathing fresh air after being in smog for a really long time it, it just feels really good I think people really latch on to it
2: what was your first ship? Like what was the first time that you saw this ship on TV that opened your eyes?
3: I think it was Willow and Tara from Buffy. I was very young when I was watching it too young, according to my mother, but my dad wanted someone to watch it with. So that was me. (laughs) And I remember when Willow and Tara got together being like, this is just happening on TV. No one is yelling about it. It's just happening. And like kind of, and like, kind of watching my dad to see what he was gonna do and he didn't do anything and I was like this is just okay everyone on this show is just okay with it um and it was it was the first like positive representation I think I had seen obviously
1: well and probably for so many people it was their first couple you know like actually seeing like a a role model of like a queer couple you know like young I mean they're in college uh you know I mean that that's huge
3: and they were just
2: old games. Uh, yeah, and I mean I was I was a late adopter of Buffy. I just started watching like last year. So many things too late to the game. <laughs> but even when I first saw them and I had already seen a bunch of other queer characters portrayed on television, it still was just such such a beautiful thing to see. And they didn't even kiss for like years yeah. <laughs> like on, <laughs> on screen. But they still put together this this beautiful, relatable relationship, right? Well, because
1: I think not till they changed networks, right? Like, wasn't it? They weren't allowed to kiss on screen mm-hmm. until they moved to... Where did they move? Like, UPN or something?
3: Off the WB.
1: Yeah. Yes. I think that's... I think so, right? Like, I think if you go back, like, through... I'm making this all up. I'm not it's sure. Fine. Anyways, they changed networks. <laughs> they changed networks, and I think that they were... Uh, that they were allowed to kiss then, but that's also something that I think is interesting to talk about, too, is, like, how do how do the networks and how do they either, A, uh, you know, networks that interact well and shows that interact well with their queer fandoms versus those that maybe don't so much, you know? So let's dive into that a little bit, because I think that's a whole discussion.
3: Wait, I agree it's a whole discussion, but I want to hear what
1: your first chips
3: were. <laughs> oh, God. Oh,
2: my goodness. Uh,
1: I mean, I think subconsciously mine was seen in Gabrielle. Uh, Like, for sure. mm -hmm. Classic. Like, in hindsight, it was definitely... I was way too into that.
2: (laughs) Okay, I don't... Well, I don't think my first ship was TV. I got really, really into Rent. When I was in high school. So... Um, Maureen yeah. and Joanne. I would sing Take Me or Leave Me with like half of my friends, but I was so straight, quote unquote. But let's keep singing the song. I love it. <laughs>
1: I'll be Maureen, obviously. Dance upon me. I love this for no reason at all.
2: <laughs> yeah, we should probably do the choreography. <laughs>
1: oh, that's such a good one.
2: Yeah, but that was oh, it's beautiful.
1: <laughs> no hashtags for that, though. <laughs> that needs a hashtag. We'll write one.
2: I know, they didn't even have a ship name. Done.
1: Before that happened. Moan? Yeah. Do Xena and Gabrielle have one now? I don't even know if Willow and
3: Tara do. It, it just that wasn't part of the fandom back then. I was in role playing yeah. AOL chat rooms for Buffy. <laughs> I'm very
1: old.
2: <laughs> the landscape has oh definitely changed, but it's still the same. <laughs>
1: <laughs> i was in one for a book series it was um i was in one for the wheel of time like way way back in the day <laughs> sorry this is this is an embarrassing revelations uh <laughs> welcome to embarrassing podcast hours. um so i'm gonna re-rail okay. us back onto. let's talk about shows that gay bait and stuff because that's less embarrassing right <laughs>
2: well it's embarrassing for us <laughs> but who fall think- for it
1: <laughs> let's dig in a little bit to uh what are some shows that do a great job interacting with uh their queer fandoms first uh and then we can maybe talk about some that, that don't that do a less good job
3: okay uh definitely the best one i've seen in a long time is obviously winona Earth. um Woo-hoo. Yeah, emily and emily andres the showrunner and uh her entire cast they're just so good about it not making it a thing it's just part of the conversation always yeah Everything, it's always part of the conversation. Um, and it's never like, oh, we need to take the time now to talk about this one queer relationship. I mean, also because like practically everyone's queer on that show, so that helps.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, well, and also the only real main relationship on yeah. it is between two women, yeah. which is just, I have, I think we're actually going to do a whole episode dive into what I think, like, what that does to a show to have the main, like, the only real, you know, couple on it be lesbians a- as a couple because. Yeah. Anyways, I have thoughts. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. No, I I just think that the the cast has always been like so supportive. I, I was just at Dragon Con and Shamir, who plays Dolls. Every time he entered the room, would start chanting like "Way Hot, Way Hot." Like <laughs> they're all they're all just so into it, and, and it's really. cool. We're all
2: Way Hot fans. How can you not?
3: I mean, yeah, I think everyone in the world. I think if, if they know what Way Hot is, they're mm-hmm. Way Hot fan. <laughs> um, <laughs> I also think. Tatiana Maslani was really good about it, but I i don't know how, how good the showrunners were. That might yeah. be a controversial opinion. I think Tatiana's been <laughs> a very vocal ally and been very great about being inclusive in the way that she talks about the show. I didn't get that feeling from everybody on the show. <laughs> all the time the way that i do I'm like, when can I'm we gonna...
2: clarify which show this is orphan black.
1: i literally almost said orphan is the new black
2: <laughs> <laughs> that would be a great show
1: <laughs> it's a mashup show yeah well and were they were they interactive because i mean i'll be honest other other than you know sort of being in that sphere of twitter i've ne- i haven't watched the show yet i'm so sorry <clears throat> um i know i know was their cast like was the show itself more interactive in that way on on social media? Like I feel like the fans were for sure. Yeah, um
3: especially towards the end they got a little bit better about it, but you're right, they weren't as, they weren't as on the ground as the one on earth people are. I mean, few
1: few fandoms are. Some
3: some of the cast members were, but yeah, it's it wasn't it definitely wasn't the same. I I, I don't think anything really
1: has been um
3: it's definitely something new and very exciting.
1: I think—I feel like Sense8 was very into their fans, and I think—I mean, I'm still, you know, R.I.P. Sense8 in a lot of ways, too, Um, but I feel like that, you know, obviously is a show that had a huge queer following. I mean, I think— uh, when you have a show that, A, is being you know produced and directed by mm-hmm. two trans women and has yeah. trans characters played by trans people <laughs> uh, and has you know multiple gay characters. I mean, I think, you know, I feel like they kind of... Right. That is not a show that did right. not know what it was getting into, yeah. you know? And that one,
3: that's, they did a great job, too, considering Netflix shows are hard for people to live-tweet and to be interactive about because it all drops at once and then it's like, it's like
1: a big buzz for
3: a weekend and then people moved on to the next thing. So I think they did a really great job.
1: Which is really why I think for a long time, like we had not watched a lot of stuff live uh, on TV lately. And when we got into I Know to Earp and finding that, Fandom, which I really think is something that I I hadn't felt like I had experienced that level of it since Boo Radley Van Cullen. And finding yep. that again, I was like, oh, this is why this is so awesome. It's because it is. It's the, the connections that you make and all of that time in between every week, you know, digesting the episode that just came out and thinking about what might be coming and, you know, planning all of these things and just experiencing it all and waiting for it together. I mean, there's just something that's so... You know, so real and so connected about that. Ellie, what should I watch now that Winona Earp ended?
2: Well, if you like Winona Earp, you should definitely check out Riley Para on Tello. It's a little bit Winona
1: Earp, a little bit Buffy, and a little bit Rizzoli and Isles, but actually gay. <laughs> oh my god, I love the Riley Power book, so of course I'm watching it. Plus, tell us all about making content for lesbians. So lesbians are front and center. And you know we are all about lesbians, front and center. <laughs> and did you know they're the first
2: lesbian network to receive an Emmy nomination? Which is huge.
1: Such a big deal. We were so excited to buy our subscription, because we know all of those fees are just going to go straight into making more lesbian content, which I think is something we all want. More lesbians!
2: <laughs> Absolutely. So be sure to check out Tello and subscribe to watch great shows like Riley Para and so many others. Can we actually talk a little bit about the Sensate fandom? And just yes. how, I mean, the Sensate fandom for people in the fandom was really great, but also it affects the shows on TV. It doesn't exist in a vacuum. Yeah. Right? So why do you think that is?
3: I think that think that the networks are finally starting to pay attention the numbers might not show up because i don't even know how they get those numbers i mean not everyone is watching live and not ever, a lot of people are doing the Hulu thing so they're slowly starting to catch up to the, the way that people are watching tv and one of them is definitely online and so i think that power of that um is, is growing and also people have this platform now to speak up for like for what they want what they love before if a tv got canceled, a tv show got canceled, you just like complained about it to all your friends. Like, what are you going to do about it? Like maybe you'll write a letter to the right, yeah, but now there's this very actionable thing that people can do. They can start a hashtag. They can they can start a social media campaign for it just to, just to get their voices heard. And it doesn't always work. It sometimes has nothing to do with whether a network thinks it's popular or not. Sometimes it's budget, sometimes it's a change in management or whatever. But when it was like, "Oh, I'm not sure people care enough." They can. They
1: have a way to be like, no, we do care. Here's proof. Well, and do you think that that shows and networks are starting to catch on to? I think specifically the power that I feel like queer fandoms really have in that area. I mean, I think Sensei is a great example of a fandom that is very heavily queer, rallying to get the the extra finale episode. Um, I think, obviously, Winona <laughs> Earp and, you know, Earper's No Chill. I mean, I yeah. think that's a huge part of getting season three, um, which yep. also a very, very heavy queer fandom, you know. Um, I, do you think that that some of these shows are starting to catch on? And why do you think it is that we queer fandoms and queer communities online around these shows have so much investment and so much... Um, dedication to them.
3: I think it's so rare to find a show whose creators, writers, cast, and crew all obviously care about the queer community. Like, they're not doing a queer storyline just to check that box, that diversity box. They're not just trying to put two girls together to be scandalous for sweet, sweet. But we can tell when someone's being genuine, a genuine ally or a performative ally. Like, you can tell in real life when your friend wants yeah. to go to the pride parade with you, if it's because they want to support you or if they want to get drunk, like you can, you, we can tell. And so I think when shows do their part to make us feel seen and supportive, we're going to give back and we're going to be like, no, we don't have enough of you. So we can't lose you. It, it's really important for us to keep those positive allies there for both for us and for us to feel and us to feel seen, but also as an example, like, Look at how successful this show was. Who cared about our community? Like, you should be doing this too.
1: You should be caring about us. We're important. So, what about some of the shows that do that? a little less well or that maybe try to harness that power and exactly what you said, like without being authentic, you know, I think kind of trying to cater to that demographic, but without, but still with that deniability, you know? So I think like Rizzoli yes. Isles is a great example of uh, that. Rizzoli Isles like kills me. You know, we all know what <laughs> yeah. you're, what you're pitching here, but you're, we also right. know you're never going to go there. You know, what is, how does that work and how to, how do some shows kind of toe that line?
3: It's hard. It's hard because it's hard to tell the difference between. It's hard to know when they know what they're doing. Because I do think there are probably shows that genuinely don't realize that two of their mm-hmm. characters have this insane chemistry and they should be doing something about
1: it. <laughs> no one doesn't know about Rizzles. <laughs> <laughs> right, but so they, you
3: can tell with Rizzoli an and Isles, like, even some of the, like, print ad marketing campaigns. Yeah. Or like they're back in bed together and it was like <sighs> them with handcuffs in handcuffs. bed. Like it was or, or, it was like <laughs> you know what you're doing and, yeah. and you're mocking us and it's rude. Like, it's not this, you're not laughing with us. You're just laughing
1: at us at this point. Yeah. Well, and it's not even laughing at us. It's like, you're just, you're trying to get our numbers, but without actually having to say, you know, oh yeah, we're going there. But without losing other
2: numbers, right?
1: Exactly. And because I think you can see there's still that hesitation. I mean, that's obvious too, from the, the Xena reboot, just falling off, you know, like, I think that that still tells something about what networks are, are and aren't willing to do.
3: It, it's hard to, when you do love a show for every other aspect besides the fact that they're mocking you and knowing <laughs> if it's time to quit, like, is it, are they doing this purposely? Should I stop giving them my numbers as yeah. they're doing this? And it, it's hard. I mean, I ended up quitting as Isles, but it's hard because it's like, I want to watch the show because I do, like, I love the subtext. Like, the subtext yeah. can be so much fun. But when they're participating actively and manipulating us with it, that's when it becomes less
1: fun. There's always fanfic. there's always fanfic so much that's that's maybe a good segue into another question, which is what would you want to see more of? you know like what do you want to see more of in the media? Where do you want to see networks and shows kind of go or or s- stay if they're already there?
3: I just want more queer characters. I want mm. more. Different yes, characters than what we've seen. I want, I want queer characters of color. I want trans characters. I want characters who don't have a coming out storyline. I do think yes. the coming out storylines are so important. I'm so glad we're like Alexander's coming out storyline was one of the best we've had in a really long time. But I want a storyline that is just like, oh, there's five friends and four of them are queer and one of them is going <laughs> to date this other person. like I just, I I want more of them. I say it all the time I'm like I don't know any queer people that are dating another queer person and between the two of them they have no
1: other
3: queer friends that's just that's
2: very unrealistic to me you're
1: gonna love our next episode of the podcast (laughs) (laughs)
2: literally all we talk about is like I'm never the only lesbian in a room like never we travel in hordes we're in little gay packs like I it's just how we the, live someone
1: just come up with this though we're called like a festival it's a festival of lesbians i think is our collective uh, noun right a festival i a
3: like festival that lesbians.
1: lesbians yeah and yeah, then i and feel then very were asking for one for bisexuals and i suggested uh, a kaleidoscope of of bi's oh that's so cute <laughs> Like we have we got like we got na we got everything we're all set, so no yeah, i mean we we absolutely agree um and i something else that I would want to know is how do you make uh how does how do networks or how do other places make space for that? How do they make space for fans for these types of communities? And also, how does Autostraddle do that? Because I think Autostraddle right now is a great example um, of a website that really kind of, you know, values and, and promotes these communities and these fandoms.
3: I, I agree. Autostraddle has been one of the best experiences, like, writing for them has been one of the best experiences of my life. Like, I've, I loved reading them before, but being like part of the community and kind of seeing it from the other side, everyone is just so great. And I think that I think that the trick is across the board for shows and for websites, uh, is to listen and to to be open to changing the way you're talking about things, to realizing maybe you have a misconception and, and talking it out and and not being very rigid. And I, I think that for TV shows and obviously auto shuttle has all queer people behind it, but TV shows need to put queer people in their writer's room. They need to put people of color in the writer's room, they need to put trans people in the writer's room so that they can have that authenticity. Um, and so they don't have to be like, what do you want? I don't understand. Even though if they just treated their queer characters like regular characters would be fine, but, you know, we need those diverse voices.
1: Treat queer people like people is what you're saying. What what a concept. I remember
3: that Adashun did this really funny thing. It was... It was Somewhere in the peak of last year when literally all the lesbians and five people on TV were just dying. Everyone was dying. And so <sighs> they made this list and they were like, hey, maybe the problem is you just don't know some things that queer people do. So here's a list of 100 things that queer people can do on your TV show that isn't dying. And it was just like, <laughs> it was just so, it was so many random things. and It was so funny. And I was actually... Just talking to Heather about this, um, I watched uh, Cameron Esposito and Rhea Butcher's Take My Wife this weekend, uh-huh. um, and at one point Cameron is just sitting there eating her nachos sad because Rhea didn't come home in time for dinner, and I was like, <laughs> eating nachos sadly is the perfect thing for that list. Like, that's just something normal. <laughs> it just felt so like, relatable and normal, but here is this queer character just eating nachos sadly. Yes. Sometimes
1: I I'm all for that.
2: Now I'm really hungry. Too. I
1: mean, that's, that's a real thing. We've all been there. Come on. Everyone has sadly eaten nachos at one point in their
2: life. <laughs> <laughs> I might do it tonight. Uh, no. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, okay. So tell us a little bit about how does a show, you know, kind of... What makes a show get a fandom? What makes a show worthy of a fandom? Why do you think some shows do and some shows just, you know, can't really find that traction?
3: I think it comes back to that that authenticity thing. I I think that Mm. we can tell when someone genuinely cares about us as a community and the stories they're telling about us and when they can't. And I think even if someone can't put their finger on a reason, like, they'll watch a show and they're like, weird, I wasn't into this relationship which doesn't ever happen to me but like you can you can feel the authenticity of it and, and whether it's it's meaningful because like we don't just want any two women on TV kissing yes. each other like that's not what we're looking for
1: I mean if you want like lists we can name two women that we do. <laughs> <Right>. yes, yes. <laughs> correct.
3: That is correct but we but we want the stories we want to see our experiences reflected on the TV we want to see the things that we love to do reflected back at us or Things that we never thought to do. Like we, we want complex storylines. We don't just want to see two people sitting on a couch holding hands for 12 hours.
1: Well, and that's, and that's such a thing with, with shipping too, right? Is everyone always says, they just want to see their ship be happy and in love. And it's like, no, you don't, <laughs> no, no, you don't. You want to see them have things. Those things don't have to be dying or, you know, coming out and then dying. Mm-hmm. Um, but you want to see things. Yeah. You want real stories. You want fun, engaging drama. You want television, right? Yeah.
2: yeah you want, you even want them to fight. Like, cause you want to be able to be like, Oh, they're still in love. Like they well, fight. Yes,
1: Makeup sex is the best sex, right? Wibbly That's, That's what me. I've heard.
2: <laughs> As you know, Lee and I are both huge Winona Erp fans, and Lee got to go to a finale watch party in the Bay Area and catch up with some fellow Erpers. And she asked them what they love about the lesbian fandom.
0: Are you ready to shop? Rakuten's Big Give Week is back.
2: And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg
0: Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.
1: I feel like lesbian fandom has a shared language with one another, shared experiences that I didn't find elsewhere in other fandoms, and a lot of shared trials and tribulations um, that other places can't relate to. That's why the gay migration happens. Uh, So lesbian fandoms are extremely important because um, it's really hard to have family, uh, especially when you're queer. Um, A lot of people end up losing their families. I did myself. So not only do you have that safe space to be yourself. With um, you get a chance to to be a part of something that's
0: bigger in a way. Okay, so lesbian fandom or queer fandom to me is 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 finding other people who feel the representation and the importance of of all of the uh, media that we get to watch and experience together. Okay, so lesbian fandom to me is finding a community of people who understand the craziness
1: i feel inside of me so we have a segment here at let's hang out that is called q and gay q and gay and q and gay is a question and answer uh and so we wrote some questions that uh maybe we can take turns asking you questions does that make sense yeah. yeah okay so we're gonna take turns asking you some questions uh and then you will answer them and they will also be up on our twitter for our listeners to answer as well Yay. so valerie welcome to your very first q and gay q and gay starting with question one and this is a tough one so don't don't feel the need to answer right away but what is your favorite fandom no <laughs> no. is this an attack i'm sorry i'm sorry yeah no that's
3: just rude that's like okay hello uh, you have 22 children pick one <laughs> no
1: <laughs> no that's but if you three, pick one though just one of those children <laughs> i mean it's it, it's you can to qualify it and say like at this very exact moment in time right. yes. subject to change uh, right now
3: in this moment in time i am having the most fun in the Wind Earth fandom
1: um, of course you are cuz erperz are the best.
3: Yeah, <laughs> yeah and it, I just I mean I just got back from Dragon Con which for me was basically Erpercon. I was sad I couldn't go to actual Erpercon, but I turned Dragon Con into my very own Erpercon by only doing <laughs> went on erper related things the whole time there. Um,
1: did you cosplay? Did you cosplay anyone? I
3: didn't. I didn't cosplay <sighs> this time around. Um, I did do Orphan Black cosplay for New York Comic Con last year. Ooh. So that was also fun. nice do you have pictures of that can we
1: uh yeah we need to hit you up for a picture of that
3: oh yeah
1: yes we'll put it on our
3: instagram we we may or may not have reenacted some scenes from the show as (laughs) well because it's beautiful
1: (laughs) but no i haven't done my own art cosplay yet
2: i'm trying to get my shorty shirt (laughs)
1: Yes. I know you're trying so hard, and I accidentally dressed as Doc at work one day and didn't notice until I got there. <laughs>
2: <laughs> accidentally,
1: That's amazing. It just it happens. What <laughs> I don't know what to tell you. It's, fine. it's gonna be great. I didn't have the mustache. I mean, it wasn't like a all out. You know, I just like looked down and I was like, oh, you I'm Doc. Happened to have some guns in the cowboy hat? No, it alone. was it was like a blue button down shirt and like a vest, like a black vest oh, on gosh, top of it. it, and jeans. And I was like, uh oh. <laughs> <laughs> Got to go. <laughs> uh so this happened. I sent Ellie a picture. So yeah. Yeah, it was, it was pretty beautiful. It was pretty bad. And I do have my my Earp Your fandom. shirt. Sure, I'll put that picture on our Instagram too. What about you, Ellie? Do you have a do you have a favorite? Do I have a favorite fandom? I think we should all share our favorite fandoms.
2: <sighs> okay, I do love the Urpers, but I also and even though I'm like late in, I'm late in life Buffy. I think Buffy's my favorite. I'm like super into it.
1: And, and buffering, you're great. loving buffering right now, don't no Yeah, way. I love
2: buffering. Oh, buffering so is good.
1: the best. It's the best. Buffering I mean, like, let's be fair, place. we're making our own podcast and we're going to say, like, is there the best podcast? Like, it's not even <laughs> the <even> competition, <laughs> it's fine. Buffering is just my happy place, it's like, it
3: just brings me so much joy.
1: It does. Oh yeah, it's
2: so beautiful, I just, like, I watched all of Buffy and then I listened to all of Buffy and I just, like, <laughs> if I could only live my life in Buffy, I would.
1: Yep. Yeah, <sighs> okay. I'm I'm gonna let Ellie take question two because this will also be an attack and that way it's not just me.
2: Okay. Question two. Who's your OTP?
1: What, what are these questions? It
3: might be did I do something wrong? It might be I'm sorry. <laughs> OTP. Oh, I have an OTP for every show I watch, guys.
1: <laughs> you can just say one one that comes to mind. It's fine. We're not gonna we're not gonna like hold you to these. It's fine
3: this is so stressful
1: i know tv is my whole life
3: (laughs) um i was okay i was super invested in casino and delphi and every moment they were not together on the screen stressed me out because i also wasn't sure that anyone at all was going to survive the finale so i think that for me that was a big one um this is the worst. I hate this
1: game. I feel like we need to like overlay some like really intense music on top of this.
3: Yeah.
2: <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think that that's my final
3: answer okay.
2: for
1: now. Okay, I'll save you with the next question. Okay, next question: What is either your favorite con or your favorite con memory? Well, this past Dragon
3: Con was my first Dragon Con. And that's probably the most fun I've had at a con in a really long time. I always go to NYCC, with, and that like, so that has a special place in my heart, but it's a lot of waiting in lines. It's just like all lines, the whole, the whole thing. It's, you're just in lines the whole time. Um, so it's, it, that's always fun because I'm with my friends, but as far as actual activities that the con provides, um, Dragon Con is just so much fun. There were different, like, they, they were a lot more organized, a lot of different, like, tracks you could follow, so, like, I followed this thing called the Urban Fantasy Track, so it was just all, like, nerdy sci-fi TV shows, and I was like, here's where I belong, this is wonderful. And I was with Earpers, and it was the most recent one, and I got to talk to Emily on just a little bit, and meet the cast briefly, so, um,
1: that was definitely just so much We're better. totally not jealous and dying a little bit right now, it's fine. yeah.
2: We're going to ClexaCon and we're going to meet Klaxacon. them, okay?
3: Oh my gosh.
1: Wait. wait, okay,
3: I do have to talk about ClexaCon. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Because that was the most special con that I've ever been to. That was the most unique like, feeling I've ever had at a con because it was a con just for us. It, yeah. was, so, it was so cool. It was a very uh, encouraging environment. And to have every panel do... The thing that on Earth always does—we just talk about their queer characters like they're no, like they're just part of everything else. But all of the panels were like that. All of the panels were talking about LGBT issues and LGBT themes, just casually as if they were something that they talked about every day. And maybe for those shows and those actors, they are, and that's awesome. Um, but it was very cool that you didn't have to like scour a pa- like a list of panels for one that may or may not be queer related know yeah. that everything you well, chose to go to I- is going to be
1: about us yeah and i think especially if you want to talk about like you know we we've mentioned the power of queer fandoms before i mean i think that's a great example too of it's like hey you kill this ship and like look at what's gonna rise from the ashes of that action <laughs> you know yes. it's like this we this are coming for thing. you <laughs> oh, yeah. i mean that's awesome yeah.
3: and even that um the lexa pledge that a bunch of tv writers signed last year that came from the same the same kind of tidal wave that Klexicon came from um was it 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 really does it's the power of fandom that you were talking about earlier that got shows renewed that gets shows an extra finale it's the same power that's like we're done we're demanding better now and where we have this platform to use our voices Uh, i think it's really special
2: Alright, well we talked about pretty little liars earlier, so the ultimate question. Emerson or Paley? Oh, Paley. All the way.
3: Because if you had asked me in earlier seasons, I would have told you I would have said Emerson. For sure. Because Flashback Allie and Flashback Emily, I was like, you two need to get your shit together. Am I allowed to swear on your podcast? Um, yeah <laughs> but, <yes. laughs> um, we're all good <laughs> and i was just constantly shouting at them to just get together but grown-up emily and grown-up ally just weren't right for each other they went in such different directions um the page grown-up Paige finally was ready for grown-up emily and grown-up emily made some bad
1: Haley, me too. Okay, we have I have another uh, Boo Radley Van Cullen themed question, which is uh, are you a Boo Radley or are you a Van Cullen? Ooh. <laughs> um, I'm
3: probably a Van Cullen because I've been obsessed with vampires since I was approximately
1: 11 years old. <laughs> fair, fair enough. This is just
2: a yes or no question, so this should be pretty easy.
1: We're, we we <laughs> stopped the attacks.
2: Yeah, throwing you a softball because we're lesbians. All right, <laughs> yes or no. Would you want to be in a sensei cluster?
3: Ooh, that's a good question. I feel like, yes. I think that that would be kind of cool. I think I really was really fascinated by the idea of that uh, the first time I watched it. And still, always. Yeah, yeah, I think
1: that'd be bad. Okay, last question. And this, uh, this might be an attack. I apologize ahead of time. But last one, and it is—it is also kind of just a yes or no question. Is Fandress a thing? Oh, that's an easy one. Fandress <laughs> is totally a thing. <laughs> we will not tell her. She's gonna kill me. <laughs> <laughs> she can only kill you if she finds out about this podcast. In which case, I'm all set for life. So, like, that's oh, fine. you're gonna sacrifice
3: <laughs> me for the success of your podcast? I, see how I totally is.
1: am. No, just for Emily Andrews. I mean, guest. What?
3: That's fine. I'll <laughs> I will fall on the sword for you and the success of this because I think it's great. And I'm really excited you guys are doing it.
1: Thank you. So those are our Q and A questions. And as a reminder, we want to know what you guys all think as well. So please go check them out, answer them. You can find them on our Twitter at Les Hangout Pod.
2: And remember, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at Les Hangout Pod.
1: Or if you have too many thoughts for Instagram or for Facebook, you can also send us an email at leshangoutpod at gmail.com.
2: Or check out our website at leshangoutpod.com.
1: And if you want to follow us individually, the best place to find me is at LSH Foster on Twitter.
2: And the best place to find me is at leb2792 on Instagram and Twitter.
1: Uh, you can also find Valerie on Twitter and tell him where you are at. I'm at Pumpy Star Show. And you should definitely check her out. (laughs) Uh, We are so, so glad that you joined us for this, Valerie. It has been such a pleasure to have you on the show. This has been so great. I'm so glad that you guys asked me to do this. Please, please come back and hang out with us again sometime. Talk about TV with you guys anytime you
2: want. Well, until next time,
1: I'm Ellie. And I'm Lee. And And let's let's hang hang out again again? soon. Let's
3: hang Out, out, out. out, out, out.